Ball spa. You want good words? Data language. Talk real sports with a real man. Come after me. I'm a man. I'm 40. And now here's the be-all, end-all, know-it-all of high school, college, and pro sports. Aaron Skinny Calc with the Skinny on Sports. We're talking about practice, man. I'm the MVP. What a horrible! That is not the way. What horrible timing we that want was. To start a show, <laughs> right as we were coming on the air. Had a little coughing attack. Oh no! Get choked up. I haven't even been close to Drew yet. Supposedly steer clear of him today. Yeah. Don't think he feels great. That's super. Anyhow, poor guy. All right, welcome to a Paul Jones Drug Tuesday. Maybe I need to go visit them this afternoon. <laughs> right here on some Skinny cough, on Sports. Get some cough drops. Yeah. <laughs> Ninety-eight point one FM, the Sports Animal. Glad to have you along for the next hour. We're gonna step a little, step away from the uh, tournament today a little bit. We talked about that a lot yesterday. Uh, World Baseball Classic coming up tonight. It is the final. The U.S. and Japan. Japan with a thrilling comeback last night to beat Mexico six five. Will anybody watch? Will you watch? And let's pretend like a whole bunch of people watch. Will it matter? Will it make any effect for the upcoming Major League Baseball season? So we'll talk about that a little bit, kick that around. We don't talk baseball much on this show, and if we do, a lot of times it's high school. Uh, but uh, we'll give the we'll, we'll give the World Baseball Classic a little bit of love this evening. Uh, college football. Spring practice is getting going. Uh, Brent Venables was in front of the mic yesterday before the practice starts today. Uh, Trammell wrote an interesting article, I thought, over the weekend that it was almost like he was talking to himself on each shoulder at times throughout it. But the overlying question is this. We we, we discussed the the Board of Regents for OU making decisions on, on how to spend money what, last week or the week before. And one of those things was $175 million on a brand new kind of home base facility for OU football. And Trammell's question was this. Is that the old school way of spending money when the new school way is to give it to players with the NIL and all that kind of thing? I think that's a, a really interesting conversation we'll, we'll have there. Venable's comments, I know Jim was on him a little bit about <clears throat> creating expectations for the Oklahoma fan base. Is that even possible? Um. You know, a lot of talk about young guys with a great recruiting class. Will they get to play? A lot of the young guys last year didn't. And then what's the biggest question mark at OU heading into the spring? Also on the Oklahoma State side, could Alan Bowman be the quarterback that gets them headed back toward top offenses? You know, their offense has waned a little bit over the past two or three, four years. Is he more the style of quarterback that really ignited OU, OSU's offense back in the early days of Gundy through Whedon and all that. Kind of gotten away from a guy like Alan Bowman in a, in a lot of ways uh, with with more of the runner type of guy. Is this the way that, that – does do they need to kind of go back a little bit? And then will it matter uh, if the offensive line doesn't get fixed? So we've got a lot of college football in, in the middle. And then Thunder tonight. Start a four-game road trip on the West Coast – 
three in L.A., two against the Clippers, one against the Lakers, and then Sunday up in Portland. I asked this question to Jim. I'm going to ask it to everybody else and Jared, you as well. Do they have a better? Do the Thunder right now have a better chance of ending up in the top six, which would mean they make the playoffs, or end up 11th, which means they miss the play-in altogether? You want an answer now? No. Or? Oh, no. Okay. I just want you to kind of. I was letting you kind of. I was letting that one kind of just be there. Yeah. And then there, <clears throat> I would say there's six teams fighting for those four spots. Who would be the most disappointing if they didn't make it? And I'll give you the six coming up. And then also, Kendrick Perkins. I mean, he said some ridiculous stuff a couple weeks ago about the MVP and the voters and why certain guys won. It was racist. Let's just be honest. Did that change the debate? Or did it restart the conversation? Because now it feels like it's an overwhelming choice on it for another guy or did Joel Embiid just take off at the exact right time 225-9698 is the phone or the text line 225-9698 give us a call shoot us a text talk about any of those things whatever else might be on your mind feel free chime right in 225-9698 if you're going to be outside the listening area a couple ways to stay in touch with the show log on to kadsam.com download the Paragon app as well the app has it all. It's got radio. It has got Big Elk and Paragon TV when those things are rolling with high school sports. It's also got the Penny News. Brand new edition of that Penny News will hit the website tonight at midnight. Thepennynews.com. You can check out the new deals in the Penny News. Also, we've got the uh, Skinny on Sports podcast available on kadsam.com <clears throat> every single day. iTunes every now and again. Hello, Jared. How are you? Well, I was I thought I was doing great. And then all of a sudden I set in, it's like I'm allergic uh, to something in here or something. Oh boy. Hope something's hope, <clears throat> hope there's nothing going around. Mitch and Drew. I didn't even dealing. see him. No, I was I didn't either. You know what I think Maybe it probably because I was told about him and I said, you know what? I'm gonna keep my distance. Nah, the text line is right. Allergic to Atha. Maybe that's it. Oh, Sweet well, new hat you bought yesterday. Do I need to go then? Do I need to leave? No, you can stay okay. here. Uh, also, question: Spencer Sanders. He he ended up in Ole Miss. Yeah, it was on the text line here. Want to he know where at. he was at? Yeah, where oh, he ended right. up. Yeah, yeah. Along with Jackson Dart, still there, right? I believe so. That'd be interesting. I was going into a to a place that's already has an I would say established quarterback. You, one could assume he's the incumbent that's going to win the job. Is this create a that's or a did he go somewhere? No, he went to Ole Miss. No, no, no. I'm talking about Jackson Dart. Did he go somewhere else? Oh well, that's very. I mean, you never know. I can't keep up anymore. <clears throat> Who is the kid who's jumped like four schools and he's at Rice now? Charlie Brewer. No, no, no. He was a big name. The USC, then Georgia, then I think. Oh, JT Daniels. Daniels, yeah. Now he's at Rice. Yeah, where was he last year? Pitt? No, that was Slovis. It was Slovis at was at Pitt. He went somewhere else, too. He was at West Virginia, I thought. J.T. Daniels was West yeah, 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 that's right. Slovis, where? He's at uh, BYU. He's at BYU He's now? at BYU now. That's yeah. right. That's right. 
I'm just Googling Jackson Dart to see, see what I'm, pops I'm, up. I'm pulling up the roster for the Ole Miss Rebels. It appears he is still with Ole Miss. Yes. Yes, he is. They've also got uh, Luke Altmeyer. He's been there. He was a big-time recruit. See, they don't have – I don't see Spencer on the roster, but this is old. This is probably from last year. So I don't even need to be looking at this if it's on the ESPN website. It takes them a while to update these. Anyhow, <clears throat> interesting. Um, yeah, Slovis is old enough to go to BYU. He's been around for a while now. He's got to be 22 or 23. Speaking of 22 or 23, that's the entirety of the Oklahoma City Thunder. <laughs> yeah, good segue. They go on the road tonight, four-game roadie. Three in L.A. They're going to play the Clippers tonight. They'll play the Clippers on Thursday, I believe, Friday against the Lakers, and then Sunday up in Portland before returning home to the friendly confines of the Paycom Center. When you look up right now, the Thunder are currently in ninth in the Western Conference standings. But it's amazing how fluid that is. So when they beat Mm – yesterday they beat the – or on Sunday, I'm sorry – when they beat the Suns, they had moved up to seventh. Last night they don't even play, and they fall down to ninth. Um, every Dallas lost, but everybody else that the Thunder kind of around one: New Orleans, Utah, I think Minnesota. They all they all won their games. But when Boy, you look, I was really hoping Houston would, it would beat Golden State. Golden State. One, it was close, and then they pulled away in the fourth. They snapped a uh, what was it a fourteen game road losing streak, something like that. Now eight and twenty nine on the year on the road. Houston's won a total of eighteen games. It, it'd be hard to see Houston beating them, but like I said, it was like in the third quarter it was single digits. So just kind of watching the bottom line when I was watching that baseball game last night. Then the final came through, and I figured Golden State would do what they what we thought they'd do. But that would have been big for Oklahoma City if Houston had won that game. Well, it's, it would have really helped them, I guess. I mean, Oklahoma City is tied in the loss column with Golden State which the Warriors are sixth, which is a playoff spot without the play-in games. Their opponent tonight, the Clippers, has 34 losses, so if Oklahoma City could win tonight, then they'd just be one loss back of fifth, which is just nuts to to think of. But when you look at the – I keep on bringing up the the point differential, the season-long point differential, that would put them where they're supposed to be because OKC plus 1.5 for the season, that, that is fifth in the West. What do you think they have to do? First off, let me go this way. Okay. Do you think there's a better chance Oklahoma City ends up sixth and in the playoffs, or they end up 11th or worst and completely out of the play-in game? Man, that's such a big chasm between six and then out. Yeah, right now it's one loss. Yeah, it's one loss. Because my answer is going to be in the middle. But I, I, I'm not allowed to answer that one. No. <laughs> then I'd have to say out. I have. I know that everyone's saying that the schedule looks is uh, easy. The easiest schedule left. It's like the second behind second New Orleans. Easiest. <clears throat> but I mean the 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 stretch in L.A. kind of scares me. I mean I and then going staying on the West Coast and going up to Portland. I don't care what Portland is. It's never easy going to Portland and winning uh, at Indiana, at Golden State, at Utah. These are all tough road games in my eyes. It's just hard for me to see it. Um, I mean, 
I keep leaning on the fact that they're young, and you can see them lose some games. So I'm trying to be an optimist about it, but at the same time, it uh, these we'll see. I, I'm going to say no. I'm going to say they're going to be right on the outside looking in. Between those two choices. Uh, yeah, between those two choices. I think you know what my real answer real is. real answer but, is they'll be somewhere in the play-in. Right, but between – I don't see – it's easier for me to see them out than in the playoffs. Right, yeah, that's the does question. Does that make sense? Yeah, of course okay. it does. Because of the road games I'm talking about. But, this is a tough stretch. I don't know why everyone's saying it's so easy. Two games against the Clippers, then you're staying in L.A. against the Lakers – who knows? Austin Reeves might go off for sixty, and then you got at Portland. Those are that's a tough stretch. That's a tough road road game. I don't care who what the schedule looks like. That just looks tough to me. Is it is it tougher in name than it is in practice? Like when you see Clippers, Lakers, Portland, does is it tougher? Do you think it's tougher in your mind because of what those teams are supposed to be versus what they really are? I mean, Portland has clearly hit the eject button here. They've lost six in a row. They're completely away. I mean, they're out of the play-in situation, which a week and a half ago, they were one of the teams kind of battling in, you know, in there with in in the fray with what is now. I mean, I'm not putting Golden State in there, even though the Thunder have the exact same amount of losses as the Warriors. I don't put them in this race at the moment. Do you? No. <clears throat> I mean, we keep on waiting for Golden State to flip the switch, and maybe that maybe the switch just can't be flipped. But I don't think it's to the point where we're worried about the Warriors not making the play-in, are we? Surely not. No, and the thing about the Clippers, too, looking at the standings, you're just a half game back from the four spot. I mean, there's something definitely there to play for, right? It's not like they're coasting because they're just comfortably in the playoffs. No, they're one, they, lo- they're- yeah, one loss away from being right there with Phoenix. Exactly. So you're going to get their best effort. Suddenly, Russ has found his role finally it, it, it appears to it looks to like look they're going to play everybody too uh, only norm powell from looking earlier listening earlier that means Kawhi. that means george that means russ yeah all look like they're going to be in the lineup at least for the tonight's game against oklahoma city and they've also the one thing though they've also got a cushion at least right now over falling into this play-in game conversation, whereas a loss tonight, then they're they're kind of in it. I mean, it's hard it's hard yeah, to know what the tie hovering. breaks are yeah. for everybody, right. because when you look at, I mean, it's thirty six and thirty seven losses for what seven teams? One, two, three, four, five. Yeah, seven teams, and that's that that spans from sixth in the West to twelfth in the West. And so, what do you so? thinking along the lines of probably play-in game material for the Thunder. What do they need to do on this road trip to assure themselves a good position after these four? They'll have seven games left, and the schedule clearly gets a little bit easier at that point. That that can keep them in this play-in game? That's right. Well, you got to steal a couple. I mean, if they go – here's my thing. Split with the Clippers – you got to win against the Lakers if they're without LeBron still, right? They're still without him. Or without he's, him, yes. He's been questionable, I believe, lately. And the question is, when is he going to come back? You know, and don't fall into that lull of playing Portland, and here's the problem. It, no, I'm sorry. It's not a back-to-back. It's not mm-hmm. a back-to-back. No. they got a travel day there. You know, they're bad, and like you said, but 
Portland, for some reason, doesn't matter who's on the Thunder's team, they've they've kind of been the Thunder kryptonite. Especially there. Especially there, yeah. Uh, but I'd say split with the Clippers. You got to, and then you got to win against the Lakers if they're without LeBron. You got to take advantage of that opportunity. And shoot, they've shown they could beat them with LeBron. And, and don't play down to your opponent in Portland. I mean, so that's key for me. Is this next four games? If they can come out, what three and one? Oh my gosh! If they're three and one, they're gonna make awesome. the playoffs. Split, split the. Split the Clippers, win those two I just mentioned. Dude, if they if they go three and one in these four, they're gonna they're gonna make the playoffs. But then the pressure's on if they lose both games of the Clippers. Got to win those next two road games. I think as long as they don't get swept, these next four. Yes, West Coast road trip. I think trip, they'll yeah. be okay because of what they got the last seven. Man, I think they'll be okay. This week, this week of games mm-hmm. through Sunday is is could determine their fate. And if you lose all four, then you're going to have a little bit of a problem getting back, even though the schedule lightens up. But if, if they can go three and one and come out of this thing, yeah. that would be, what, 38 and 37? With what they've got left, they're going to make the playoffs. I can almost see the Clippers, if they win tonight, they okay, let's well, rest a couple guys on what, Thursday. Okay. And, and you're right. Same way, what about the Thunder? Well, that is the back-to-back thing. Here, That's Thursday, right. Thursday, Friday. And so, if you're if you're talking about splitting with the Clippers, depending on how they're going to manage that back-to-back with Shea, one would think they need to win tonight. Because when you look at which game is more important to this, now if you win tonight, maybe they, it doesn't matter. But if you lose this one tonight, Friday against the Lakers is clearly more important than Thursday against the Clippers, mm-hmm. because at that point. It, that, that 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 Laker game could be the difference in making it and not in some ways because that will determine the tiebreak because each team has won a game. Right. You know, dropping that game without all those guys in in Oklahoma City a couple weeks back to to a shell of a Lakers team was just atrocious. They win that one, and then that one you know coming up Friday doesn't matter as much, mm-hmm. but. As long as they – if they can win one, it, you'd love to split. If you can win two out of two, be right there a game under five hundred. coming back home with a couple of teams you should beat. You should go to Indiana and win. Then all of a sudden you've made up a lot of ground on some of these teams and you're in great shape. Now, you know who the Thunder's toughest opponent is tonight, don't you? It's not the Clippers. Uh, nine, They've 9.30 tip, I don't know what. <clears throat> They've beaten the Clippers both games so far this year. Their toughest opponent is the 500 mark. Oh, there we go again. Ten times. <clears throat> Ten times this season. They've had a chance to get back to 500, mm-hmm. and they have lost ten times. Yeah, last time was uh, Thursday night. Against Toronto. Against Toronto, and yeah. we, we were kind of kidding around. I was like, well, this – Put the L on that one because <laughs> they always drop that game. Here they are again. And here they are. Here they are again with the chance <laughs> to get back to 500. All right, let's talk about the MVP stuff. What Perk said a couple of weeks ago was just ridiculous. To the point he just being had to apologize for Yeah, his own show had to apologize because but not he, only was it ridiculous, it wasn't factual. Why didn't he apologize that's a great question. Maybe he wouldn't. Maybe he wasn't going maybe, to. Well, then fire him. You know, maybe he just was going to. Nope, uh, I'm not apologizing for that. Nation, you're fired. Sorry, bud. 
Well, go ahead. It if it had been the other way around, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Not not there for this, but the one thing it has done is that it it reignited the conversation of MVP because I, I heard yesterday, um, I think it might have been Mark saying or Matt that at that point, like seventy-seven out of a hundred straw pollers had Djokovic as the MVP. Mm-hmm. Fast forward, what two? That was two weeks ago. Something and, like that, yeah. And it doesn't even seem – it seems like this is Joel Embiid's award to lose now. Is that – why is that? Is it because what Perk said made people – and we know how the basketball – right? we know how sports media is right now, and it's so woke. Like, did it, did it almost feel like, okay, he's calling me out. Okay, I've got to vote the way that – you know what I'm that, oh, that yeah. I'm oh, yeah. quote unquote supposed to, or do we need to give Joel Embiid the credit for Perk restarting the conversation that seemed to be over, and then him taking advantage and playing off the charts ever since? I think it's a formula to it. There's a lot of it, a lot of that, and and also I think and this was brought up yesterday. I think Mark brought it up. Um, there might be some fatigue. I mean. But why? Jokic but why? Just won it two times, but he is having the best of his last three years well, and, this year. And just two weeks ago, it was seventy-seven percent of a. I mean, seventy-seven percent of the people right. voting were going to vote for him. Yeah. No, it's it's the wokeness. I think it's the wokeness. I think it's probably I mean, both. We, let's just. It is. It is. It's all it is. It's sad but true. And it co. I mean, it does coincide. You got to give Embiid enough credit to be able to at least take advantage of the opening that Perk, Perk's words and that spat with him and JJ Reddick caused. Because at that point, then people went, I, I know people went, oh no, is is he talking about me and my vote? I better start paying attention. I just, oh no, what was I doing wrong? Yeah, you don't want that. Um... That stigma of, oh, you're the white guy voting for the white guy. Will they release who votes for who? I think so. Is it public? But I, I, yeah. I think it caused then, a ripple effect with the with the woke sports media of, oh, is he talking about me? Mm-hmm. And I'm not woke enough for this vote? And at that time, you start paying attention again, and then MB just goes nuts. And he has gone nuts to the point where – Philly has gotten ahead of Boston, or, or gotten right there with Boston. Yeah, let me be clear. He, it's not like he doesn't deserve it, right? Right. I, I think he deserves it just as much as Jokic does, and that's why I said I think there might be a little fatigue involved there because he's won the last two years. Like, well, you know, yeah, he's having an MVP caliber year, but so is Embiid. Yeah, Embiid I think Embiid is playing at a level which he's never played at a level his entire career. But I guess I just said that Jokic is having one of the best seasons he's ever had in his entire career, too. But I think there's a little bit of the fatigue thing. I'm trying to be uh, non-woke. I'm trying to, like, okay, let's take the wokeness factor out of it if it's those two. And, and then I can see voters. Kind of like, um, it's kind of like the Heisman discussion. Sometimes there's, oh, I'm tired of voting for this guy every year. There's, or, or uh, yeah, but but it's not like he doesn't deserve it. It's what I'm trying to say. It's not like he's if he wins it we're going to go, "Well, he only won it because Perk said something." I think he is going to only win it because Perk, but but I don't think that's I th- I think what Perk did 
was try to reignite the conversation. But also, it made some of these voters go, oh no, is he talking about me? And those things collaborating together with Embiid going crazy. And, and you're right. I mean, his what what uh, what Philly has done, I mean, they're 8-2 and two over their last 10. Guess what? That's been about this period of time yeah. since those yeah. comments were made by Perk. And, oh, by the way, so now everybody's got a microscope on, you know, other options besides Djokovic. Djokovic. Jokic. And, uh, I think I've said Djokovic. <laughs> and so, Joker. Just call him Joker. And, and so then he like took advantage of it. But I don't, I don't think, I don't think this conversation, I don't think Joel Embiid wins this award without Perk's comments because I think it was a done deal. Golly, what, look at, look what Jokic is doing. Holy Moses. Again, third in a row. Oh, no. Is Perk calling me out? Am I one of those racist voters? Yeah, you don't want to be canceled. Are they going to take my vote away if I vote for that guy again? Am I going to lose my job? Yeah. Well, who else can it be? Oh, there's MB. Look at him. He's getting 40 a night. And now we're going to get to the point where he's he literally is going to end up being right there alongside and so it's going to be it's going to end up being okay to vote for Embiid. And there's people that thought he should have won it last year. And listen, look what he's doing: thirty-three, leading the league in scoring, seventh in rebounding. Maybe what Perk said, he just, if he'd have just said it a different way, gets this result. Anyhow, like, hey guys, I know everybody's. I'm looking at the straw poll, and we got seventy-seven percent of the people giving Jokic giving Jokic the award. But what about MB? Look at what he's doing. Bring it, but it may bring not it from a court, from a performance standpoint, <clears throat> not from the standpoint he brought it from. That's exactly right. But because I would have agreed with everything you said if you brought it up that way, hundred percent. And, and it might still have worked, but this way it's guaranteed to work. Yeah. Because he was he, he knew what he's doing. It was almost like Perk is his PR agent. <laughs> yeah. In a lot of ways, like you know what MB and, and people, a lot of people thought he should have won it last year. And didn't, and you, but that's the, the thing that's gonna gonna kind of stink later on. Is that these two things are always gonna go together? And I think that's a little bit unfair to Embiid because of the season he's having on his own merit. But it, but those comments and that spat with JJ Redick and Perk and and the apology that <laughs> that they had to issue from that show and all that is always gonna be wrapped up in this MVP race and what looks to me like. Joel Embiid's first ever MVP, and those two things are always going to be, always going to be there, side by side with each other, instead of Perk going, "Hey, hey, fellas, hey, folks, we need to start looking at Embiid's stats a little bit closer," because now you you've almost in trying to in the way that it was brought up, it almost diminishes what Embiid's doing in the annals of history because I'm afraid it's going to go to Embiid 1. Yeah, his stats were great, so were Jokic's, but, you know, with Perkins' comments, it was going to have to be a black guy that won the deal. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Just because yeah. of, of the stir that it caused, and I think that's unfair to what Joel Embiid is actually doing on the floor in 
It's a good point. The merit yeah. that his MVP candidacy actually has. Yeah. Let's take a break. You know, last time someone's won three in a row. Can you tell me when? Shaq. MJ. Oh. Nope. 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 Larry Bird. Larry Bird. That was going to be my third guess. Back in the 80s. <laughs> so I'm using that, too, as a reason why Embiid's probably going to win it. But we all know why. <laughs> That's ironic. We'll be back. Paul Jones Drug offers a free service that makes taking your daily medications safe and easy. It's called convenience packaging, meaning they can combine all your daily medications and put them in sealed separate daily packages. This process replaces you from having to fill your daily medication dispenser. And as always, Paul Jones Drug prepares individual blister packaging for long-term care patients. With their drive through window, curbside service, and free local delivery, it's just more reasons you should choose Paul Jones Drug. 809 North Main Street, Milk City. I'm Rodney Skinner with Paul Jones Drug, and I'm I promise we provide care you can trust. The Skinny on Sports. Welcome back. Skinny on Sports, 98.1 FM, the sports animal. It is a Paul Jones Drug Tuesday. Paul Jones Drugs, care you can trust right here in the Elk City area. Located at 809 North Main Street. They are the oldest compounding pharmacy in Elk City. That means they have the most experience with compounding. They got free local delivery, drive-through pickup, curbside testing, and vaccinations available as well. Most insurances are accepted at Paul Jones Drug, eight hundred nine North Main. Give Rodney and the gang a visit, or give them a call at two two five twenty one twenty one. It's kind of allergy season. I think that's what happened, Jared, with all this wind. Oh yeah, blowing up dust and dead grass and absolutely. Paul Jones Drug is your spot. Paul Jones Drug Care you can trust right here in Elk City. We appreciate them uh, for being on every Tuesday with us here on the Skinny on Sports. All right, college football. Feels like everybody's kind of into the spring practice or beginning the spring practices as we speak. Couple, uh, An interesting article over the weekend by Barry Trammell talking about kind of the new versus the old of uh, the landscape of college football and, and the way to recruit in a lot of ways. Before NIL became a thing, he points out, there were kind of two ways that schools went about trying to lure athletes onto campus. One of those was just kind of pay them under the table. The other was to have all kinds of cool, shiny things called facilities to welcome these athletes into. And he makes the case that, uh, you know, number two was, uh, it was like an arms race. I mean, you, you heard that term for the last, what, decade and a half, two decades at least. Oh, yeah. You know, the college football arms race with building facilities and, and all this. He makes the case that that is kind of the dinosaur way of thinking. And number one, now that number one is legal, and that is paying players to come, that's a better use of the $175 million resources that OU has put forth toward new facilities. I think that's an interesting way to look at it. Mm -hmm. Because at first you'd kind of go, yeah, that's funny, Jerry. Yeah, that's funny, Barry. And then you go, wait a minute. It's certainly what everybody's talking about in college football is the paying of of recruits to get them on campus. Is it too early to tell, though, if that is really the most effective way of going about this? Because the NIL is so, uh, is so new. 
Because I would submit to you, Jared, that at least the publicly forward NIL schools haven't done squat. Now, I'm not uh, naive enough to sit here and tell you that I think that Bama and Georgia and Ohio State, you know, matter of fact, Ohio State, what, who, what is the one kind of public NIL player they've gotten? At Ohio State? At Ohio State. The one that we've heard about. Oh, Ewers. He's the quarterback of Texas now. the Texas, yeah. You know what I'm saying? You know, sure. And so yeah. it, I'm not dumb enough to think that there's not something going on. And there, but I also – it sure doesn't seem as if the schools that are out on top of this thing as far as winning and winning championships are using the NIL that much in recruiting to get guys there now are they enticing them to now there's two different recruitings now they're signing players and then there's recruiting them to keep them Mm -hmm. from going into the portal maybe maybe that's where the resources and i guess when you start thinking about recruiting now you've got to always think of those two ways you know before it was just getting players getting players but you've also got to keep them there and maybe that's where the recruiting air quotes that Bama and Georgia and those in Ohio State, the, the teams that have been at the top, maybe that's where they're funneling those types of resources into keeping guys from jumping in the portal and going elsewhere there's, once they get them on campus. Yeah, I think, I, I, I think we're still in the infancy stages of NIL where universities themselves are kind of figuring it out of, you know, what is, what are we able to do? How are we able to use this to our advantage? And I think at this point, you know, A and M's a fine example of saying, "Okay, you get here, we could you know making promises. Well, Joe's car dealership will pay you this much if you come and and do an ad for them once every six months or something. I I don't know. And um, so I know that question that Barry's asking is why why isn't the university spending money directly? Is there a way to funnel it to them, laundry it to them? <laughs> you know what I mean? It, it feels kind of illegal." Uh, in the eyes of uh, the NCAA, that is, you know, but it's not right. It's you can do it. I mean, does anybody care? Do is there anybody that really, as far as schools and college football, is there is there anyone out there that really and truly cares what the NCAA thinks about no. legal and illegal anymore? No. I don't think so either. They have zero teeth. I mean, I, I just don't. I don't think anybody out there anymore is going. Well, we better not do that. The NCAA will get on to us. So, what are they going to do to us? Right. It probably should be that way, well, but yeah. I just don't think it is. So, this is such an interesting question because you hear, and it's reported on a lot of different numbers for different players. It's astronomical numbers for guys that have never even stepped foot on a college campus. And then others that have and have success that are that are making bukus and bukus of money. And I just kind of scoff at a lot of it like there's no way. For what like for what? What is the value that that that, that but here's the value, it's all that money you see in those top 20 athletic departments when it's Tens to hundreds of millions of dollars they rake in every year. 
that's the value. And it's not in, in the colleges right now are having the they're lucky enough to not be having to put out the expense in order to generate the revenue because of the NCAA not allowing colleges to pay players, right? Mm-hmm. So it's pretty it, – it's – I just <clears> – here's what I know or what I see. I don't see what's happening in Oklahoma right now with the – just major roster turnover of the last two years. I don't see that happening at Bama, Georgia, Ohio State. I just don't see it. So why is that? Well, I think you can go back. Part of it is Lincoln Riley's last couple of classes at Oklahoma weren't up to snuff. OU's lost 28 guys since Riley left, 16 after this first season. Can you tell me, of those 16 that left after this year, after Venable's first year, can you tell me how many have landed at Power 5 schools? Say before Venable's or after? (coughs) After this season, the season that happened. There's been 28 total in the first kind of two years of Venable's, before he ever played. And before before the, he coached, yeah, twelve before, so sixteen ab- after. So between the time Riley announced he's gone to and right the end now of this season, to right now, there's of, been to right now, there's been twenty eight. Right. There's been twenty eight. Sixteen of those happen from Tech losing at Tech, not making a bowl game, to now after the first year. See what I'm saying? Twelve left before they ever played for Venables. Sixteen were in the first seat, the first season of Brent Venables, and right, then left. Right. Right. Of those sixteen, how many do you think went to Power Five programs? Uh, I would I would go with half of them, maybe less. I can only think of like two off the top of my head. Who can you think of? Well, Williams. No, no, no. He doesn't count. He never played for OU. Caleb Williams. He never, never played, played for. for he OU. never played for Brent Venables. Right. He don't. Those twelve don't count. The ones Lincoln took with him don't count in these sixteen. They're the first twelve that never played for Venables. Okay. See what I'm saying? There's twenty eight total. 12 left before they ever played for Brent Venables. Williams, Mario Williams, you know, yeah, those yeah, guys yeah. that went with they, – they're not of these 16. Okay. These 16 played last year or were on the team last year under Brent Venables, then left. Okay. From, you know, from the Tech game to now. Of those 16 oh, – that window. I was yeah, yeah, yeah. Between no, no, no. the time Lincoln Riley quit – no, there's and 28. Now. There's 28 in that time. All right, but we're we'll throw that number out because that's confusing me. So you're you're talking between well, end of the regular players. season and now. Yeah, I mean, it's showing you how many of his players are not there that he recruited. Total 28. Riley's players. Riley's that chose to stay then left. 16 of those did. Right. Out of those 16, how many are out of Power Five? Well, I'll st- I'll st- I'll, st- I'll go below eight. I can't give you an exact. Not that. There's three. There's I know we's got the Mizzou. That's right. Clayton uh, Smith went to Arizona State, and I can't think of who the other one was. Okay. That's what's that telling us? That's telling us that these guys needed to needed to be leaving if Oklahoma was going to get back to any sort of semblance of a team that could compete in the SEC. Out of those same sixteen, you know how many aren't anywhere yet? Ooh, wow, how many? Seven. Wow, so still thir- looking for a home. Thirteen out of th- so thirteen out of sixteen are either homeless or had to go down a level. 
in order to be able to play somewhere out of the power five. That's nuts. Yeah. It's nuts to think about. But so is that misevaluating? What does that I mean? What does that tell us from a recruiting standpoint? A lot of misses than hits. Yeah, I would say so. And then those guys who have gone, who you know, Weiss and and the others have met, you know, doesn't mean they're going to perform at an All American level. No. Here or there. Well, oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, the chances of any kind of All American <clears throat> anywheres. What I'm telling you is, with that with that type of roster shakeup and that type of of processing, it's hard to have much continuity. Yeah. And so what I'm telling you is, and and I think if you'd really look into those 28 total, and then those, how many of the what do, what do you think the percentage is offense to defense? <clears throat> More defense for sure. Yeah. I, I don't think there's any doubt about that, and that's why you're seeing what you're seeing. Uh, even Venables yesterday said this is not basically cannot be the norm in order to have a successful program. And I would agree with that 100%. As much as the portal and as much as the NIL are are changing college football in certain ways, you also have to – your roster has to work the same way it always has. Mm-hmm. And, and I've said this a couple of times. The difference to me between now and 20 years ago is the successful programs are going to use the portal – the way that they would have used JUCO. Right. And that is plug and play for a spot that you have either misevaluated in recruiting, got somebody hurt, or it just didn't work, or you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And then use that, use the portal for that. Not using the portal to completely transform your team on a yearly basis. It just can't, it, it cannot work. It doesn't work in basketball. It darn sure can't work in football when you got that many more players. Right. So it's still all about, to me, high school recruiting. And so how do you go about that is the question that Trammell has posed. Do you go about it by paying guys to get to your campus? Or do you go about it by building these facilities and then maybe paying them to stay once they get there? I think when I... When it comes to spending money, let's say I have a surplus or, you know, in a big university's case, they they have bukus of money, right? Like OU does, and we know what they're doing with it. But when I spend money, I ask myself, what do I, you know, this comes with maturity. What do I need versus what do I want? And right now, I don't think OU needs facilities, they need players. Or they need they need players. They want facilities, but it's a need versus want question. You need players. So you're on the trammel side of this. More Absolutely. Spend 175 million for players. Absolutely. Even, it feels like the new the facilities that they just built, it doesn't feel like they're I mean, is it a need? Is this is this building they're funneling what 170 some million to? Is it a need? Do they need it? I think it depends on how you view the NIL and the way to recruit athletes. Yeah. I think it totally depends on how much how much you believe that works. Because 
I don't I don't see it working. At least publicly. Now, yeah, Bryce Young got money while he was at Alabama. But it didn't happen until he won the Heisman. Yeah. A&M bought a class to come to A&M. And they went 4-8. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I, I don't. But when you but see, that's where my mind goes when you say we need players. We need to pay pay players. My mind immediately goes to get them there. But it, something in my brain is going to have to switch because it also means keeping them there. Because there's two different recruiting times now. Mm-hmm. There's the year-round keeping your guys happy, which facilities may be able to do. But then there's also the signing period. You know, that's a... Your, but you know what I'm saying, right. of, of that December date to pay those guys to come. It's really intriguing, and I think you're right. We're too early in the, we're too early in this new era to to, to make a definitive state definitive statement of A and M's way doesn't work. Alabama and Georgia's does. Right. No matter what, because who knows? This year, those A and M guys that they paid for. Are a whole are a whole year older. What if all of a sudden they become what their recruiting ranking rankings say they are? Well, and it's pretty good. You know what I mean? Yeah. Then all of a sudden it's uh oh, and his way is better because look what they've done. Right. It's kind of I mean it's like a science experiment. You're doing different different variables and different ways of achieving an end result. Well, you're just sitting back waiting for what was the best way to get that end result. And, you know, there's the Alabama way. You just recruit at an incredibly high level. Georgia, too. The uh, A&M way, pay out the nose for them. There's the OU way. We're going to keep building facilities. What works? Yeah. And and, and what's funny, <coughs> all those schools I mentioned are going to be in the same conference. Yeah. And, and, fighting for those same players. And that's when you think about those those different things that Clemson had, had done to become the true competition for SEC schools and won twice against Bama in the title game. Where Venables came from, what did they do? They went the facilities route. Yep. Think about those college game days where they were playing putt-putt at Clemson. You know, all yeah, the different yeah. things that they had. So that's where he kind of came from. And that's the old, but he's, is it an old school versus new school way of thinking? Wasn't, wasn't it, this is all conjecture and hearsay, but that, wasn't that the reason why Lincoln Riley was kind of uh, put out with OU because he wasn't getting facility-wise what he thought they needed before they moved to the SEC, and yes. now they're doing it? Yeah. Is it a way to thumb in their nose at Riley going, well, hey, if you would have stayed, you would have got what you wanted, but... Or is it OU going, man, we lost a coach because we didn't give him what he wanted? I think it's some of that. And then also, it's obvious that Venables had a list, too, before he ever took the job. Oh, I'm sure there was that discussion. Yeah. And, and it's the analysts, Latrell yesterday, joining another analyst. There's like 29 guys now. But that's what everybody else is doing. That's just catching up. This isn't pioneering this isn't a new, new way. This no, isn't no, no, no. 
Where do you think all the coaches get fired go? They're analysts at Alabama. That's right. It's the (laughs) saving rehab. Latrell's going to find another job, right? I mean, we think so. It would be nice. I'd hope so. He's a good dude. It would be nice to see the Venables rehab start. Sure. Yeah. Because there's no doubt that's helping saving. Oh, yeah. In way more ways than we realize. Yeah. All right, we'll be back. Close up the Paul Jones Drug Tuesday next. Paul Jones Drug is Elk City's most experienced compounding pharmacy, meaning they can custom make your prescription medications to your doctor's specifications, safely and effectively providing you with exactly what you need. And for your convenience, Paul Jones Drug has a drive through pickup window as well as curbside service for testing and vaccinations and offers free local delivery. Just a couple reasons you should choose Paul Jones Drug, 809 North Main Street in Elk City. I'm Rodney Skinner with Paul Jones Drug, and I promise we provide care you can trust. The Skinny on Sports. Welcome back. Skinny on Sports, 98.1 FM, the sports animal. Wrapping up a Paul Jones Drug Tuesday. Paul Jones Drug, care you can trust right here in the Elk City area. 809 North Main Street. They've got it all. Blister packs, which is the long-term care unit packaging. Convenience packaging which is individually packaging. They do it for you. Individually package your daily meds. Instead, we've all seen the pill caddies. My wife actually uses one for her whatever. Trying to think, what's the word? Careful. No, no, no. Vitamins. That's what I'm trying to think of. Just a certain regimen of them. Yeah, yeah. But she has to put them in there and make sure she doesn't mess it up. At Paul Jones Drug, they do that for you. They individually package those meds. We've got the DME, which is the durable medical equipment, walkers, canes, crutches, and the like. And it's not just medical stuff. Got some really cool gifts and greeting cards down there as well. Graduation, approaching fast. Yes. Grad cards, graduation gifts, that kind of thing. Visit Paul Jones Drug at 809 North Main, Rodney and the Gang. Paul Jones Drug is care you can trust. Are you watching tonight? Are you going to watch the World Baseball Classic Championship game? Yes, I am. Absolutely. I watched last night. That was an incredible game. You're a fan of baseball. Why wouldn't you watch? Why do you think it's so much more fun to watch this than it seems to be to just to watch well, MLB? Is it because there's you, so many games? Like, is it, what, this is a championship scenario. Each game matters in a short amount of time. What, has it been two, three weeks of the World Baseball Classic? And each game matters for for each team. You know, just like a tournament in in the in like last night, of course, there's less drama in the other semifinal between Cuba and USA. But last night's game was incredibly fun, just from a fan standpoint, a fan of the game. I was just enjoying that game, and it shows you you walk away for a matter of for my, in my case, Mexico's up three nothing. All right, I'm gonna take a quick shower, get out of the shower. It's tied up. I mean, it can happen like that. That's why I love baseball. Like when it happens like that. And then the ending was fun. But because of what it is, the championship is for you're playing for your country. Jim said this yesterday, playing for a championship tonight. I expect the intensity just to be the same, if not better, than what we saw last night. I will absolutely watch. Otani. The crowds sound different. <clears throat> See, that I love that they put it in Miami. Oh, yeah. Why? Because when you look at the, a lot of these teams, where are they at? Down there in the you know the Puerto Ricos, mm-hmm. the Makes Mexicos, sense. the Venezuelas, yeah. Dominicans, here in the in these in these games that matter the most in the Final Four, it's perfect spot. Right. Hopefully that'll continue. 
with you know Mexico or excuse me the U.S. and Japan without that Latin flavor. Oh, it in will. that city, yeah. but I think it will because it's the I mean, championship. Just watch the um, and I know the Latin flavor you're talking. I know you know the USA Venezuela game. When Turner hit that grand slam, the roar of that crowd yeah. as soon as left is bad and it had a game seven World Series feel to it, and the home team won. You know. And just gives me chills when you hear the chant USA, USA, and, and people flying the flag and, again, playing for your country. It's really cool for me. But if you're going to ask me, you know, why is it more entertaining versus a game on Sunday afternoon, I think the answer is obvious because it's championship implications, mm-hmm. you know. As <clears throat> and the country a, versus country type thing. Yeah. Yeah. And it, like Jim mentioned yesterday, when we think of Japanese baseball, it's obviously been a thing for a long time professionally. And that they believe that they're better than us. Right. And because, you know, baseball is America's pastime, they want to take you're the one yeah. Yeah, you're the ones taking all the shots as Amer you know, as the American team, as American baseball right, fans. Right. You're the ones that you know are trying to have to hold hold on to that mantle. Uh, Otani says, and I'd say this already, Otani says he plans to hit and also pitch in relief. In relief. They're not sure well, they said who they're starting at Shota Emana Emana. Monaga. Yeah, I don't know. Expect to see probably you Darvish a little bit, and then Otani later in the game. Yeah, they'd probably love for Otani to be the closer. Just depends on how the game goes, whether or not they have that luxury. Outside of the game itself, the one thing I'm really looking forward to is Otani versus Mike Trout. Right? Oh, dude, that'd be so awesome. <laughs> Just you know, the, the Kobe documentary or the, or the Dream Team. You see a little bit of that where they talk about how when when Kobe ran through Pau Gasol. So all those guys are like, oh my gosh, that's his teammate, his real teammate, yeah. like in, in the NBA. Yeah, that don't matter right now. <laughs> would 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 right. Otani just plunk him just to show, hey, I'm the big dog? They'll probably smile and wink <laughs> at each other, like, hey, buddy, hey, buddy, how you doing? You know. And then he blows 101 by him. Yeah. <laughs> or Trout sends it over or left. Trout center hits and- at 150 miles yeah. an hour out of there. <laughs> uh, last I night, I will watch absolutely. Last night, the young fellow was. As advertised, what would you what did you say? 20, 21 of twenty three over a hundred pitches over a like hundred. Twenty one of twenty two. If his first twenty two pitches were over a hundred miles per hour, that was Sasaki. And you know, I was waiting for him to wear down, but that's incredible. I mean, to throw that many pitches over a hundred miles per hour, but he let one get away, and it's like as soon as that, you know, he gave up that home run. It was three to nothing. Just they got the hook on him pretty quick. He pitched four innings, gave up five hits, three runs, struck out three. He was really good early, and you could see why. But he's a young dude, and you twenty-one, can, I believe. Yeah, yeah. A young kid. But um, you he you can see why they're dubbing him as the next big thing out of Japan. There's gonna be a lot of people wanting him. Not sure what Oken was saying about him. It's hard to hear him for some reason. It's like his mic wasn't turned all the way up. But I wonder who's in the market for him. Everybody. Everybody. But who's the serious contenders? Yankees, Dodgers. Yankees and who else? <laughs> yeah. Yankees, Dodgers. Yeah. Be interesting. Don't expect for, if you're at least with the guys last night, the Americans being able to get on base without earning their way. Japan only walked two. They threw Cali. Let's see. That's uh, 81 and 12. 93 strikes out of 116. 124, about 130 pitches. That's a pretty good ratio. I mean, everybody's just kind of right there. Sasaki was 46 out of 64 strikes. 
It's good stuff, and it, it does. It feels just watching through the TV. It does feel like there's lots of energy in those stands. Yeah, the Mets are spending money. That's very, very true. Mets would always and be. And then they're getting hurt. Yeah. <laughs> Poor Mets. Yeah, I, I hope. I don't think it's going to matter as far as a huge crowd tonight, meaning that, you know, baseball is on its way back. It's interesting to me that there's all this excitement and when you watch those games and there's not a pitch count to speed it up. Or clock, you mean? Yeah, yeah. or pitch clock, I'm sorry. Right. Not count. Pitch clock to speed it up. Right. <clears throat> the bases aren't as big as extra large pizza boxes. They're just, you know, bases. If we're talking about what make what could make regular season games interesting, more interesting, and I think they do this to a little bit, but they need to be more flexible to flex games in like on Sunday nights, Saturday nights, games that matter. Yeah. That that you know the crowd will be into. Like, okay, I'm just using this as an example. Texas needs to beat Houston tonight to take first place in the AL West in the middle of July or something like that. See, and that, but that's the problem, though, is it's hard to generate that excitement even on game 120. <laughs> because it's like, okay, yeah, even if, the, if, even if the Rangers win tonight, there's still 40 more. I understand, but find those storylines right. and, and know that the crowds are at this venue is going to be engaged. It can't just be, okay, it's just the Yankees and, and, and the Red, Red Sox, Sox yeah. on Saturday night when the Yankees are – Ten games up. Right, in mm-hmm. in Boston's rebuilding or something. Right. Yeah, I get it. It's a rivalry, and outside of those fan bases, people will watch for a little bit, but give me a reason to watch. That's what I'm saying. And you don't have to set these in stone once the season starts because you play 120-some games. You know, let's – okay, next week's game, what's it going to be? Uh, we'll find out tomorrow and Saturday night's game. Oh, it's going to be that game. Ooh, the pitching matchup should, should be See, really good. And more, it's for this. And, <clears throat> a lot more of a college football style of schedule yeah, where you got exactly. those windows and that kind of exactly. thing. Makes find, sense. Find the game that's going to be more interesting and, and intriguing and tell, you know, give me a real good reason to watch and sit down and watch like I did last night because I watched because it was semifinal. Oh, no. Who's the United States going to play? I'm rooting for Mexico because I think they could beat them, even though Mexican the Mexicans beat. The right. Americans earlier, I think there's a there's the storyline I love. Revenge for USA. Problem and is. And it's a better matchup for him. But now Japan, it's going to be tough. It's going to be fun. And I'm going to watch. World Baseball Classic Finals tonight. And I'll, there's no basketball on. So. <laughs> thunder, <laughs> it's like the only thing thunder on. At 930. Thunder at 930. Thunder at 930, yeah. Baseball game will. If that pitch clock was there, it'd be over by then. Everybody have a great Paul Jones Drug Tuesday. We'll be back tomorrow here on the Skinny on Sports. You've been listening to the Skinny on Sports podcast with Aaron Cow. Be sure to hit that subscribe button to get alerts of when the latest podcast is available. Thanks for listening. That ball is blistered to right. Way.